Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Hey, girl. Hey. What's good? What's popping? What's happening? How you feeling today? You know, it's almost the weekend, so that's what I'm going to go with. Like, this week has gone by kind of fast, actually, but I'm just glad that it is close to the weekend, okay? And I need these weekends to be longer than 30 minutes, so. Right. I'm doing good. I actually recently this week, believe it or not, um, I started working out again. I haven't worked out in years, and today is day three. I'm just committing to being consistent and moving my body four to five times a week. And girl, when I tell you on day one and two, my body was like, girl, what is you doing? Like, (laughs) what do you think that you're doing? Because we usually be chilling, but I'm on this like overall wellness and health journey. So TBD if I keep this up, but I'm trying. And that's what matters. Yes. Okay, friend. Are you ready for the question of the day? Yep. Give it to me. Okay. So this one's a light one. It's a fun one. So what's one of your favorite memories of us and why? Hmm. Um, I would have to say, hmm. I would say the concert that we've been mm-hmm. to it's been a lot I mean listen yeah. y'all me and we would be at the concerts like a couple we would be there with the actual who's booed up and the aunties just swaying yeah. from side to side it don't matter we've seen we've seen everybody especially like the R&B concert so you know mm-hmm. we've seen Monica we've seen Joe Genuine Avant um who else I Ooh, feel like Dillinger was good um, LM, LMA. Um, we've yeah. been to the Millennium Tour. We went to the Escape Tour. Um, wow. We've been to concerts at Essence Fest together and seen a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. So that would be my favorite memories is those concerts. And I have so many Snapchat memories <laughs> and like Instagram highlights of those concerts. So that's what I would say would be the my favorite memories because it's honestly like those moments that you can look back and like man I was really living now these were mostly before the pandemic okay when you could just right. be out there breathing air but um <laughs> that would be my favorite what's your favorite memory that I like that Frig. those that, that was a good one my favorite memory of us I have tons but if I had to narrow it down I would say that one of my favorite memories of us is when we went to Universal and I got to go to the Harry Potter exhibit. And I'm going to tell you why it's my favorite. If you know Erica, you know she don't give a damn about Harry Potter. She does not care. She don't know who that man is. She can't tell you nothing about the stories, nothing about the movies. But I remember just talking to Erica about it. And the funny thing is I didn't even ask her to go. I was just like, yeah, I really want to go 
Buddy Universal and I want to experience the Harry Potter exhibit. Eric was like, okay, let's go. And I was like, for real? And she was like, yeah. And we went. Erica was such a good sport. We actually had a really nice time because I had never been to Universal before. We had a really nice time. She had been. And then we went to the Harry Potter exhibit. Erica was such a good sport. She went to all the exhibits with me. She rode on the little rides with me. Like, I had Erica, like, there was a simulator that had us pretending like we were flying through the air. She wasn't that into it, but she got on it. She was like taking pictures of me with the little wand. Like I was really into it. And my friend let me have my moment. And that's one of my favorite memories of us because we just honestly had so much fun. Yeah, it actually was really cool if you think about it. Like, what is it called? Hogwarts or something, whatever. Yeah. It actually <laughs> Like with the little snow on the the roof and yeah. stuff, like whole theme park looked exactly like what you would see in the movie mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, it was fun. I would agree that that was a good time, and we, you know, had our little turn up moments because um, they have talk in Orlando where they have like little clubs and bars, and we of course we drove to Daytona to the beach. Like that was fun. So yeah, that whole that whole week was cool. Yeah, me and Erica really have been out here living our life. I tell my mom all the time, I was like, when I move back to Dallas, I'm so excited to connect with my friends so we can be outside, outside, because nobody was outside with me like Erica was outside. I literally text Erica a memory from six years ago and was like, girl, we was really out here outside living our best lives. <laughs> how was that six years? Like, I think I actually text you that. Like, why? how was this six years ago? Like, where has the time gone? <sighs> I know. But anyways, let's go ahead and get the show started to our first segment of the day, which is our dating and relationship segment. So the topic is, okay, it's Shelby. I saw this post on Instagram that I wanted to share. So it said something like, we talk a lot about valuing men who financially support us and not enough about valuing men who emotionally support us, who listen to our feelings, who want to protect our hearts, who choose to love us unconditionally, despite how we are feeling. So in listening to this, Shelby, do you agree or disagree with this? Why or why not? I agree. And I'm going to tell you why, because you asked. Um, I think that, first of all, I'm going to say that I think it's very, very important for a man to be able to lead you and to be financially aware, financially stable, and have a good hand on his finances. Because if you don't have a lead on that and you don't have control of it, where are you leading us to? I don't know, but I'm not going. So I do think that it's really important for a man to be able to lead and to finally contribute and support you if y'all are going to be in, you know, a marriage, a union, whatever you want to call it, whatever you believe. So I think that's so important. But I think I've learned as I've dipped my toe back into dating and talking to men, which is giving zero out of five stars, very ghetto. Um, (laughs) What I've learned is that we don't really talk a lot about... Um, to the point of it saying men being like emotionally available and vulnerable and creating a safe space for you to be who you want to be. I think a lot of times, this is just my opinion. I am not a doctor. I am not licensed. I am just talking off the top of my head. So just saying, I think a lot of times I don't feel like men are emotionally and mentally available to a lot of women because they've been taught 
to not show their feelings. They've been taught to not be vulnerable. They've been taught to not cry. And they really haven't had a safe space to be in tune with their emotions and to say how they feel. And I think that's horrible. I also think that a lot of times men or people get with people and they don't have a safe space in that person. Like they can't be vulnerable. They can't talk about their feelings. They can't talk about the highs. They can't talk they can't talk about the lows and they can't really be their authentic selves. And I think a lot of times when we're talking to people or dating people, we show up with our representatives, but the representative keeps showing up. Like the real person doesn't show up. And I think until we get to a space and a place where we are willing to go deep because I'm being honest. I don't care what your favorite color is. I don't care what your favorite. I don't care. Like I want to know. So I know, but like, I really, really, really want to know like what makes you tick? What makes you happy? What are your dreams? How can I help you? How can I support you? Like what happened to you or the other child? Like, did you have any trauma? Like tell me, cause I wish I could get a preview when I'm talking to somebody so I can know if I don't want to do this. <laughs> I wish I could, but I can't. And so I think that as I am getting to the point where, you know, I'm older and I know more what I want and what I need in a person, I'm really, I'm realizing how important emotional maturity is and how important vulnerability is. Because for me, I know that in my partner, I want to have a lover, but I also want to have a best friend. And the only way, in my opinion, that you can have a best friend is if you're able to just be 100% yourself. But you can't be 100% yourself if somebody is not emotionally available Um, emotionally mature and they don't feel like they have a safe space in you and so as I have been you know dating and talking to people and getting to know people or whatever the case may be one of the things that I do let men know is you know we have these open and honest conversations as long as you don't get too crazy too fast cool you can pretty much ask me anything Um, like I said as long as it's not crazy if you don't know me like that but I always tell them like you know as we're getting to know each other like this is a safe space like I may not always know how to respond I may not always have the right thing to say and I might always not even know how to support you in that moment but I do want you to know that this is a safe space and you can you know tell me anything that you will want to share and it's going to stay between us and I think that a lot of times people even say that but then they don't create the safe space and I think just as much as we as women want to be taken care of and we want to be heard and we want to be babied and loved and all of those things I think it's equally as important to know that like your man wants to have that same energy and that same feeling and so the way that I think about it is however I want my person to treat me or my partner or my lover to treat me I'm gonna turn around and give that to him tenfold and I know people may not just be emotionally available off the top because if you think about it if you've been programmed to just do something one way you're not gonna undo that tomorrow or maybe even next week but I think the thing about it is is that you have to give them the space to do that and so to answer your question I do agree with this and I do think that we need to give men more props who are emotionally available for us who emotionally support us who listen to our feelings who protect our hearts who choose to love us unconditionally because a lot of people don't and I think that when a man is emotionally mature and just mature in general, and he's able to offer you that support and that love and that protection and that safe space, I think that's a beautiful thing. And that's how you get everything that you want, sir.
What do you think? <laughs> I think you gave some major keys and major points. He was preaching on that, my friend, because that emotional availability is like so attractive to me. Mm-hmm. But my question is, where he at though? Because I have yet to find that person that really is emotionally available, emotionally supportive, listens, truly listens, and things like that. So for me, obviously, if I had to choose, I would rather be emotionally supported um, because that is real. I feel like that's not a surface level element like finances are. Like just because he got money and could provide for you and your kids or whatever your situation is, that does not mean that it's an authentic relationship. That just means he got the money. So, but I will say at this big age, (laughs) I will not entertain somebody that cannot financially support himself because that tells me, kind of like you said in the beginning, Shelby, like if you wouldn't be able to financially support yourself then how can you support me if I needed you to if we had a family like as a provider if you can't if you're not doing it for yourself that's a red flag for me like how you gonna do it with me and some babies running behind so now in my past I have made the mistake of like overlooking a man's stability for himself but then realized that it started to become like a burden you know Mm. on our connection oh yeah, like I love him and he's great and he's funny and he's this and he's that. But then it's like when times are hard and he's being irresponsible with his responsibilities with money and stuff, it started to be burdensome. And me as a supportive person, I feel like I'm obligated in a way to help or I I need to help or I need to fix it or I need to, you know, Mm -hmm. help you. And that shouldn't be on me. Um, So I'm not saying, you know, people can't fall on hard times and especially in today's climate, you know, but when I realized it was a pattern of that particular person and not just like a moment in his life, I had to walk away from him because, um, you know, it just was the financial part was a factor. So to me, we shouldn't have to pick and choose. We need it all. We need the emotional support, the financial support. <laughs> so again, for me, emotionally supported is much more important. Um, but on the other hand, I have also entertained people that appear to be financially stable, but were mm. but could not connect emotionally. Okay, so mm. example, I went on a few dates um, with this guy who we ha- he had a beautiful penthouse. He owned a couple of businesses. He seemingly did well for himself. But at the end of the day, child, he confronted me about how he was distraught that I did not offer to pay for our dates. So, and I'm talking about, we went on a few dates to some eating spots. Like, it ain't like he took me to Disneyland in Paris. Like, we went to a few eating spots, okay? So, my point in saying that is, it really just depends on the man's character at the end of the day. Um, so obviously I would agree with this Instagram post. Um, and again, like, I think I've said this before, it's like we fall in love or in like with the guy's personality and overlook Mm -hmm. some of the character flaws. So like the emotionally unavailable, that's the character flaw. Like even if he's not financially stable for himself, that could be a character flaw because that could mean he's not being responsible. Like where is the disconnect? So all in all, I would say I agree with that Instagram post. Um, we should, you know, not be so dependent on the financially supporting part, but it is important. Okay, that's okay. all I got. <laughs> all right, so let's keep it moving to the journey 
segment. So this is when Shelby and I will discuss building our brand or how our corporate careers are going and give our take on it. So the topic is, so Shelby, as we are building a brand and trying to, or trying to advance in our corporate careers, it's so easy to compare your journey and where you are to someone else's, whether it's your partner, a family member, a friend, or a random person on social media. So let's chat about how to overcome feelings of feeling inadequate or down in certain seasons of our lives. And what are some things that you do or incorporate when you find yourself comparing your journey to others? Yeah. So something that my aunt told me recently, like really that comes to mind and really resonates with me that I would like to share and that she told me she said remember your journey is different from other people's journeys so when you compare yourself to someone else it's not even an equal comparison but also Eric and I were having this conversation we have so many conversations but we were having a conversation one day and we were essentially talking about how like a lot of times people show you their highlight reels um, on social media and people even tell you about their highlight reels when they're having conversations with you and so a lot of times we see the glitz and the glam um, on social media or we see the highlights of what somebody is telling us in the finished product but we don't see what they're doing um, to get there what they endured to get to that point Um, And just a lot of the things that are going on in the background, I will say as humans, it's so easy to get up in comparison and to feel inadequate in certain seasons of your life. But one thing that I want to say is that whatever season you are in your life is preparing you for what you've been praying for and what you've been prepping for. And I think that sometimes we forget that we need the, and I'm talking to myself actually, sometimes we forget that we need the valley seasons so that we can get to the peak seasons. And a lot of times in these seasons where we're feeling inadequate, that's where we build discipline. That's where we build perseverance. That's when we build, I'm going to get this shit done and I'm going to be successful. And I think that a lot of times, in my opinion, you can't really reach your goals and be successful and you know all of those things until you get what you need to get out of your um valley season and so in saying all that so a lot of times when I am feeling inadequate or down or whatever in certain seasons I go and I try to find like what's the root of it um am I feeling down or sad because I'm jealous am I feeling down or sad because I'm envious am I feeling down or sad because somebody is showing their highlight reel on social media the social media one is easy mute them block them unfollow them you get to control what you see you get to control what type of content you see what type of content you entertain and what you can consume so if you're feeling anything that's of jealousy or envy or whatever unfollow them and let it go also I think that another thing when you're feeling that I think that that is your body telling you that you need to get back on track or that you need to recenter so a lot of times when I'm feeling like that I will you know move my body in some type of way if you're not a person that works out or whatever the case may be I would say definitely work out or just go for a walk get outside stretch meditate pray journal seek 
therapy, talk to a therapist to really kind of get to the bottom of it, of how you're feeling, you know, chat with a friend, have a conversation with them. And sometimes even if you're in this season, you don't even have to talk about, you know, what's wrong. Maybe you just want to talk about something that's light and that's fun. Um, What else? Volunteer, get out, serve someone else, you know, take your mind off it off of it. I think that, like I said, when you're in these seasons, I think that they're necessary, but I think that they are very hard seasons because I have been in these seasons a lot. I feel like I go in and out of them all the time. And I feel like it's a normal thing to feel like that. But I think that you have to essentially be your own hype man. Like, you know, like when you have like, you go to a concert and you have like the pre-show when somebody comes out and hypes the crowd up so they're they're ready to go for the main performance I really think that like when you get in those seasons you got to be your own hype man or hype woman sometimes that's blasting trap music in your car going down the road sometimes it's blasting it in your house and singing the most ratchet song that you could ever sing looking in the mirror and telling yourself that I'm that bitch and I'm gonna be okay so whatever Whatever brings you joy, whatever makes you happy, whatever picks up your mood, whoever you're around and your and your energy increases, like pay attention to that and do things that make you happy and be consistent in working towards what you want to work toward. Yes, I think you made great points and a lot of the points I do want to comment on too. Um, the first thing that you were talking about with most people on social media just kind of show like the highlight reel of their life. And that's when we kind of start to feel inadequate. I think that's really one of the reasons why Shelby and I created this journey segment is so that we could talk about how it really is trying to build a brand or trying to climb the corporate ladder or whatever our goals are so that we can really expose that this ain't no cakewalk. This is not easy. Like it's, it's a constant battle. So, um, and then too, when um, Shelby and I, we interview, you know, other creatives and business owners that are trying to get their businesses off the ground, we ask them, about their journey we're not just saying like oh so you are a successful lawyer or whatever but you didn't start off being that so like tell us your story everyone has a story and so I think that one of the things I love about this show is that we talk about that and we're real about that so back to the question some of the things that I do to incorporate or to incorporate when I find myself feeling this way is the first thing I do is I get off social media because a lot of that comparison comes from social media. So if it's something on there that I feel like is triggering me, I completely get off for a couple of days or however long it takes me to do that. Um, whatever certain amount of time that is. So, um, because again, most people are just showing their highlight reel. So you, you know, over here triggered by something that ain't even really real. (laughs) And so, um, and then for me personally, I try to get quiet and I try to pray about it and journal it out to figure out kind of like you said, Shelby, what is it that is making me feel this way or causing this feeling of inadequacy? Um, and then I try to change my focus because our moods are honestly just affected by what we're focused on. What is it that I'm focused on? Um, what I don't have, what I don't have, what's not happening or what? So, um, sometimes I know for me, I use social media as a distraction, but really I don't even realize how much I would be consuming or getting on there and how that affects my mental health at one point. So, um, it is very easy to, you could even like subconsciously compare on, on social media. 
whatever. And so you, we always hear that comparison is the thief of joy. Um, so for me, I had to like change my focus by maybe like finding some hobbies or discovering some things that I actually love to do and then actually learn to embrace the season that I'm in instead of trying to fight my way out of it. Because you honestly, if you think about it, your season is a season. Like you cannot pray your way out of it. You can, of course, pray your way through it. But your season is your season. So um, changing my attitude about my journey, because especially in our culture, it's we live in such like a convenience culture or everything got to turn up quick or, you know, I want to see results now. Um, and we are always trying to get to the next thing. We're focused on getting to the next point, getting to the next de- uh, destination, rather than realizing that this is a journey and not a destination. Because honestly, when we get to the point that we feel like we should be at, there's going to be another thing that we're going to have to go through a season about. So it's really just changing the focus um, and starting to, like you said, she'll be talking to myself, starting to live in the now and live in the moment and find things that truly bring me joy. And then, like I said, from the very beginning, unplug from social media for a while if I have to. So that'd be my um, take on that. I love it. So let's go ahead and move on to our mentor moment where Shelby and I will give our advice from a listener's letter that was sent to us. So the letter reads, hi, Shelby and Erica, I need y'all's opinion on something and to tell me if I'm tripping. Oh, Lord. (laughs) One of my best friends is getting married and she asked me to be her maid of honor. I'm so excited and determined to make this a great experience for her. The bridal party is made up of various women from different stages in her life. She has friends from high school, college, work, and her sorority sister in her wedding, and there's eight of us. The problem is that one of the bridesmaids seems to have it out for me. This particular bridesmaid is always going over my head to her trying to outdo me. For example, I'm planning the bridal shower and bachelorette party, and she hasn't replied to any of my personal or group messages and isn't participating And keeps going back to my friend, telling her things that aren't true, such as I'm not organized, not including her in the planning, and trying to be my maid of honor duties, or trying to do my maid of honor duties. I'm about two seconds away from going off on her, but don't want to make this a bad experience for my friend. So if you were in my shoes, what would you do? You go first, friend. Child, I only have one thing written down. It says, go off this. <laughs> but no, let me, sorry. Let me, that is not correct. That is not the Lord's work, okay? Do not do that, okay? But honestly, I would say something. This type of thing, it cannot get out of hand because you don't want this to outshine or cause your the bride to be feeling some type of way because this whole event is about the bride and not the drama um behind the scenes now in my opinion eight people is way too many um so that probably is the first problem (laughs) but I would definitely say something and my suggestion would be to get your talking points together because if this is a person that you feel like is trying to outdo you or whatever just talk to her and be like, hey, how can we work together? And if she's still acting like this and still not uh, 
participating, then you just do your role and what you're supposed to do. And if she doesn't participate, if she doesn't help, then that is on her because this does not need to outshine the bride. I just feel like at the end of the day, at it's, it's one night, one event, and it's all about the bride. And I wouldn't even bring the drama to the bride um, because she got enough to be worried about and stressed about. Um, but yes, I do think that it's worth saying something, have your talking points together, say your piece one time. And if she don't, then uh, keep it moving. That would be my quick advice. Um, that's all I got. What you got, Shelby? I was going to say pretty much what you said. I would say at our big age, I don't have time to be sweeping stuff under the rug. Like, obviously, if you are doing all this, you got a problem at your big age. So let's like address it at our big age. I, like Erica, would bring it up and I would, you know, try to have a civilized conversation with this person and ask her like, okay, like, okay, like, is there something in particular that you want to like help with? Or is there something in particular that you want to lead? Because I feel like a lot of times at weddings, like people get like this because it's an ego thing. Like, it's not even because in my opinion, it's not even because like you've known the bride since kindergarten or that's your girl. It's a ego thing. Everybody wants to be like the closest person to the bride. Everybody wants to be the bride's ride or die. When in reality, there's so much stuff that goes on in the wedding that everybody can get a job. Everybody can have something to do. I, I was joking with Eric and I was like, girl, when I get married, each one of my bridesmaids is going to have a job and be responsible for something. Because I literally am not going to have the mental and emotional capacity. So I would definitely bring it up and have a conversation with her and see if there's something in particular that, you know, she, you know, can lead. Because I think a lot of times she's probably feeling like this in my opinion. Because it's an ego thing and she doesn't feel like, it may, and she probably feels like she should have been the maid of honor. But in all honesty, it's a lot of work. Make me a regular bridesmaid. Just let me come to the wedding. Let me be a part of the wedding party, Okay. But that's what I think. And then I think if it continues to get out of hand, like, I agree with Erica. I don't think that you should take it to the bride. But I think if she gets, like, buck wild on a scale of 1 to 10, I think that you should, um, depending on if it gets, like, super bad, I think that you should bring it up. Because my thing is if she's going to the bride and telling her these things and the bride is bringing it back to you, then I think that you should be honest and open with her and tell her what's going on. And then just have one conversation about it so she knows um, what's going on, but continue to do your bridesmaids, your, your, your bridesmaids duties. Because like Erica said, like, it's like all of these activities that build up to the one day and you don't want the bride to be stressed or anything like that. So I would really try to nip it in the bud before you get to the bridal shower, the bachelorette party, and obviously the wedding, because I feel like the wedding is, the wedding day is always pure chaos, but I would just have a conversation with her, see how it goes and then proceed with caution. Yeah, because at the end of the day, the maid of honor has more duty and responsibility than the bridesmaid. So as a maid of honor, you do what you're supposed to do. And if I was the bride and I found this out, ain't nobody be in my way. Everybody get out. Just me and my husband. Everybody get out. Okay, how about that? <laughs> but that's just me. Um, so if you out there have a question that you want us to answer, send us an email, allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on IG at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. So today we are going to leave you with words of encouragement. So our words of encouragement come from Proverbs 16 through 32. Um, no, 1632, sorry. And it says, better to be patient than powerful, better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Um, so when I read this Bible verse, 
Um, it was so interesting to me and I feel like it resonated with me because I feel like just to kind of break it down, I feel like a lot of times in life, one of the things that we yearn for a lot is to be powerful. Like we want to come out the gate in our career and our businesses and whatever we, you know, what, and whatever we're doing and we want to be the top dog and we want to be powerful. But a lot of times life don't work that way. A lot of times we have to sit back and do the work and to be patient. And I feel like a lot of times we don't get what we want or what we need because we don't have the patience to build the endurance. We don't have the patience to do the work. We don't have the patience to wait and see what God wants us to do. We don't have the patience to let God do what he needs to do. Um, And then the second part, better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Um, A lot of times... We want to go out and we want to conquer things. We want to conquer our career. We want to conquer love. We want to conquer our business. We want to conquer everything and be the person that's most well known. But a lot of times when we are trying to be powerful or we're trying to conquer things, we don't have any self-control. And when I say that, I think that whenever, wherever you are in your season or in your journey in life, We got to know when to be patient, but we also have to know when to exercise self-control. A person that does not have self-control is a very dangerous and chaotic person. That is not a person that I want to be around. I think that a lot of times we need to exercise self-control in our career because we we need to know when to stay. We need to know when to go. We need to... We need to recognize self-control in our relationships. We need to know, okay, like, is this a time that I need to go off on this person? Not even go off, but is this the first time that I need to bring something up to a person? Or is this the time I need to let them have it and express their feelings? We need to realize self-control when we're building a business. Like, you're not going to know everything off guard, off top. You're going to have to exercise self-control and bide your time. So for me, this is really just a reminder that patience and self-control will always win. If you can't be patient, you'll never be powerful. And if you can't exercise self-control, you'll never be able to conquer what you're trying to conquer. Because at the end of the day, When we sit back and we have patience and self-control with the life and the tools and the season that God has given us, when he says it's time for us to be powerful, when he says it's time for us to conquer that city, we just have to make sure that we've done everything that we can do to receive those things. But if we haven't done our part, then why would God let us be powerful or allow us to conquer what we're trying to conquer? That was Great. The only thing I need, I'm going to add to that is um, Proverbs just has so much wisdom in that entire book anyways. And I just realized like when you were reading the verse, isn't it so interesting that in order to have self-control, you have to have patience. In order to have patience, you have to have self-control. So like you have to have, you can't have one without the other. It's just not, it's not going to work. And I think it all ties into this whole show, what we were talking about, especially in the journey segment about, you know, our journey and it being a a journey and not a destination, just trying to get there quick, get there quick. Um, Because one of the things I'm personally working on is patience. (laughs) Because I'm like, God, what we waiting on? Like, look, if it was up to me, I would already be there. So um, I'm actually going to write this verse down so that I can add that to my list of patience (laughs) verses that I need to read on. So, yeah. Okay. Well, if there's nothing else, I'm going to pray us out, everybody.
close your eyes bow your head if you're driving don't do that sway with it here we go heavenly father we come to you as unbelievers we know how first and foremost not to ask you for anything but to thank you for everything thank you for your grace thank you for your kindness thank you for your mercy and thank you for each and every person that has assembled to listen to this podcast lord jesus we don't know what they're going through we don't know what they're enduring and we don't know what's on their spirit and mind but we know that you do so i pray that whatever is weighing them down stressing them out calling them distress i pray lord jesus that you will give them peace and contentment that you're gonna go before them and work it out that you're gonna wrap your arms around them and that you're gonna make it okay lord jesus that you are gonna be a provider that you're gonna love them and that you're gonna lead and guide them we pray that people have patience in this season of their life and that they would have self-control we pray lord jesus that you would cover and keep each and every person we pray for blessings and abundance for anybody listening and we pray that people know that they matter and that they are loved and that they are valued in your name we pray amen amen